I'm not a doctor, and I've never played one on TV, and you're listening to Tom Rule's music stuff. Woo! I can't believe you just made me do that. Hi, this is Tom Rule, the Mac Music Guy, in my car again, with a few words about Happy Birthday to you. It's MIDI's 30th birthday. MIDI is one of those underlying technologies that almost everybody kind of vaguely knows about. Nobody really knows a lot about it. Let me take you back, back in time. It's the 70s. You are a rock and roll keyboardist. Now, you're playing in a band with a couple of guitars, and those guitarists have these huge stacks of Marshall amps. How do you compete? Because you're playing this keyboard, it's either a, a Fender Rhodes, which is relatively soft, or you're playing these synthesizers that play a couple of three notes at a time, and to be honest, don't really sound that massive. So how do you compete? Well, oh, and by the way, they only play one sound at a time. Maybe two if you've got the dough to buy that kind of hardware. So what's the keyboardist to do? The whole idea behind MIDI came from that exact predicament. Because what keyboardists wanted to do was to play on one keyboard and then have five or six make sound that matched what you were playing on the first. That way you had six sound sources going on at the same time, and that could compete with those guitarists with their massive Marshall stacks. So in the 70s, the various manufacturers started developing proprietary protocols. Now there's your technical jargon for the day. Proprietary meaning if you were playing a Roland keyboard, it would only work with other Roland keyboards. If you had a Roland and a Korg, which personally I prefer because each manufacturer had its particular strengths, you know, you were out of luck. You either hired a second keyboardist, not gonna happen, or you grew another pair of arms. Likewise, in the early 80s, if I remember, the guy from Sequential Circuits got together with a bunch of other people and said, you know, let's work up a method where all these keyboards can talk to each other. And thus MIDI was born. The first MIDI-capable keyboard hit the market. It was the Sequential Circuits Prophet 600 in, I think it was 83. I actually was working for a college up in Chattanooga, Tennessee that bought one. We used it in performance. We used it in the jazz band. Uh, sadly, we didn't have a second keyboard to MIDI it together with. But I remember it sounded pretty good for the, for the time, and I could really get some cool sounds out of it. I was able to do some things with the students I was working with. A year earlier, this new computer, this thing, the Apple Macintosh, came out. And by 84, MIDI interfaces had come out for the Mac. So for the first time, you could use the computer to talk to the keyboard, and that was very, very cool. What MIDI is, is basically a computer language that tells other computers what events are happening. So for example, I play middle C, it sends a message out that cable, middle C was played, it was played this hard on a scale of zero to 127. So the receiving sound source says, oh, middle C was played, I guess I'll make that sound. So you could play one note on keyboard A and keyboard B, C, D, E, F, and G could all play that same note. And if they were set to different timbres or different instruments or patches or sounds, then you would get this massive sound, you know, kind of like an orchestra. It's phenomenally useful. What the computer does is memorize what's happened. So if the computer has memorized what's happened, then the computer can recreate it, kind of like the old player pianos. So MIDI becomes, for music, well, 
for keyboard players what word processing was for typists. You think about it, you type up that English paper or that memo or that letter and you can go back in and make changes. It's not fixed in stone like it was back in typewriter days. The same thing is true for MIDI. What that allows you to do, and this is what I do all the time in the studio, you record something and then you go back in and edit, you fix the notes. For example, this week I've been working on some choir practice tracks for the choir I accompany. I go through and record the alto part, the soprano part, the tenor part, the bass part. If one of the notes is a little early, I just go in, click, drag, it's fixed. Click, drag, it's fixed. A little tedious, yes, but much faster than trying to re-record it, re-record it, and get it perfect. So once I get all those notes perfect, boom, hit print, got the audio, burn it to CD or whatever. In another episode, I'm going to talk about how MIDI has affected my personal workflow and how it was an integral part of Joey Stuckey's album Mixture. So happy birthday, MIDI. You got any MIDI stories? Got any jokes? Got any MIDI jokes? <laughs> Send them to music at macmusicguy.com. M-A-C-M-U-S-I-C-G-U-Y. I am Tom Rule, the Mac Music Guy, and I am living proof God has a sense of humor. Sure.